3: I'm Coach Jen from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for December 13th, episode 3078. Good morning, Horse World. When your start time's
1: on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday, and it doesn't get much better than best conditioned, And completing the challenge is the challenge. You're an endurance rider. And welcome back, Karen Chatton. Karen's here the second Tuesday of every month. How you been, girl? Doing good. I wanted to say that coming up on today's show, we will be chatting with the current AERC mileage leader, Carrie Lowry, and then Cecilia Smith joins us to talk about the AERC's highest mileage horse, whose name is Tulip. And he is now excelling at his new career as a therapy horse at the tender age of 35. I can't wait to hear about that. And then to wrap things up, Max Merlick stops by for a preview of the 2022 Mary and Anna Memorial ride. Woohoo! So this is the part of the show every month where we catch up on Karen Chatton's adventures because Endurance riders and fox hunters always have the best adventures.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Now we're, I'm actually getting to go do adventures now that I can get the horse in and out of the trailer reliably. That's important. (laughs) It sure is. (laughs) So we've been going somewhere pretty much every single weekend. It's been, uh, and he's coming along really good. His, um, you know, he's got a good brain on him. I'm talking about little Joe, Jovi. And uh, so he he's done, let's see, his last ride, we went to the NIDA ride, which is the Nevada Endurance Driving Association. So there was a mix of, I believe there was something like 29 hor- horses being ridden and then a handful of carts and wagons that are being driven. So we did the 24 mile course there and he did really good. Um, And then I believe it was the next weekend we went and did the uh, Sparks Hometown Christmas Parade. So um, he's doing really good about doing the parades, which for me, it's good. Like what I call brain food for the horses, because once you have a horse that's safe to ride in a parade, you can pretty much count on him. Not killing you <laughs> when you start your <laughs> next endurance ride, right? right? <laughs> yeah, I think the modern parade is very nearly the
1: <laughs> ultimate in over simulation.
3: I know. or human. Uh huh. It is. It is. And, you know, and there was it was predicted that it was going to snow like right when the parade started. And it did do a couple little sputters and then mostly stayed clear and just cloudy. But we were kind of looking at each other going, gosh, I I hope a thousand people along the parade route don't whip out their umbrellas all at the same time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is it is it me or are there more parades out where you guys are? that have horses in them.
3: That could be, I mean, everybody likes the horse groups, So there's always plenty of horse groups at the parades here. Growing up, that wasn't something
1: that local parades really had love. Maybe just because, you know, I grew up on the Eastern seaboard where there just weren't as many horses. I don't know. That's so Uh interesting. Yeah. Now, are you, do you always do native Arabian costume when you do the parades or do you do
3: different stuff? Um, well, we've done done it with the A or C group back when um, we were getting ready to go do the Rose Parade. You probably remember that. And then I've done one where we were in uh, Calvary costumes, um, and that was a Veterans Day parade. Um, but mostly the last couple of years, I've been doing the Arabian costumes with Susan McCartney's group. She's one of our local endurance ride vets. And she she's, does vets?
1: endurance and parades she's a superhero
3: and she she rides a lot of other disciplines as well she's very accomplished as a rider.
1: wow how do people find time i have a i have a hard time finding
3: time to do the laundry (laughs) and she brings two trailer loads of horses to to the parade so she's supplying several horses for other people to ride holy moly so it must be nice to have a barn full of Parade safe horses. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I
1: I don't have a I don't have a ride start safe horse yet. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, we're getting there. I was real impressed with how well both of mine did at that last ride because we started out up towards the front because we wanted to get ahead of the wagons and the carts just because mm-hmm. they can they be a little bit
1: much of a pace. Yeah, they're
3: right, they're and and they can be a little difficult sometimes to get around them depending on the terrain and yeah you know and that sort of thing so we just figured well we'll just start out up towards the front and and that seemed to work we uh i had to keep telling my friend take a deep breath it's gonna be okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) and for 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 folks who are not familiar aerc american endurance Endurance. ride conference Mm -hmm. right the way the race starts, and it is a race, whoever goes fastest and still passes their vet checks wins, is everybody gets in a big heap and takes off like a of bad out of you-know-where. So now I think if I remember right, that's referred to as a shotgun start. Am
3: I right? Uh huh. They're not really like that so much anymore. I know when I first started, I remember it was kind of wild sometimes when everybody would just kind of take off and go fast. Now I think you've got just as many riders that want to kind of start towards the middle or back and, and just have a nice calm, you know, like the lead, some people lead out of camp at the start and just walk and then uh, let things get spread out a little bit and then uh, get going.
1: So that, that for me, that's probably the most challenging part of the ride because
3: mm-hmm.
1: having a horse that was bred literally to race on a racetrack sure Uh it's not in his nature to go oh yeah we could just start out gently it's okay we can do that i know (laughs) know. now is it harder for apollo to deal with that sort of thing because apollo is a thoroughbred arabian cross
3: is he a little more blooded that way you know he's so he's a very uncomplicated horse and I find them very easy to rate with just one hand on the on the reins. I'm comfortable with that. And my friend, you know, she's still kind of new about riding, but she's handling him wonderfully. And so he's doing really good. And I think one of the things Susan says with the parades is um, you know, you have your barn mates together. And now my horses are getting familiar with her horses. And so they're like, oh, those horses aren't all excited. So we don't need to be either. It's like, and that's how it is. Sometimes at endurance rides, you try to surround yourself with the other horses that you want your horse to emulate (laughs) and stay away from the ones you don't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is that why nobody wants to be near me?
3: Oh, that explains so much. (laughs) 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 Explains
1: so much. Oh my gosh. Oh, you have a quick note here. And there's always something new you discover when you're out on these rides. Something about uh, iron-on reflective
3: tape? Oh, that's where I was, um, you know, because it gets dark so early now. And I have a barn camera. And I was realizing with the, you know, we've had some bad weather. And with the regular blankets I had, I couldn't really spot the horses to see where they were to check on them. So I I ordered this iron-on reflective tape from Amazon and got busy with the iron and ironed it on all my um, existing blankets and now they stand out really nice. I can see where they are and um, and you know that way I can keep a close eye on them.
1: There you go. We used, back in the day when we had the acting company, we would when we came back from the open to the public shows, it would usually be. 11 o'clock midnight or thereabouts and we would invariably we would pull in and we would shine our headlights out into the pastures to to spot all the horses make sure everybody Mm -hmm. was where they were supposed to be or we'd use a deer light or something and we used to put uh, reflective tape that hunters use in their tails so that it would be easy to spot them because otherwise (laughs) all you can see are the eyeballs and if they're not looking at you you just can't see them
3: well, and this year, we've had a couple of my neighbors have had bears go through, literally through their fence and Eek! and break it. And so I know I've had bears in my paddocks because I've had the bear scat there. And um so I figured if a bear ever crashes through any part of my fence and my horses get out, this way, you know, any vehicles driving by will more easily see them, too. They'll be a lot, they are a lot more visible with this reflective tape. So I did the front, both sides, and then the tail part on the back.
1: Wow. Bears. Eh. Okay. Lions, tigers, and bears. Oh, my. Well, that uh, that means we're going to have two endurance tips for today because right after we catch up on adventures, it's endurance tip time, and I really like this one.
3: Right. Well, okay, a couple of them I learned recently. One was when you're using a GPS app, like Ride With GPS, or, you know, there's several others, um, to make sure you don't accidentally get the settings with the battery saver, because I found what it does is it will just cut off and stop recording your ride. And so I've had a few times where I come back and it recorded like me going out, but not me coming back. So it would only get maybe <laughs> half of the course or even sometimes it would only record a third of a mile out of 10 miles. So, um did get some technical support from them. And that's what they told me. And so I changed that setting and it worked perfectly. There we go. And who knew that that was even there? So what is a pocket lock? I've never heard of that. pocket lock. Okay. So here's the other fun part. I don't know if this has happened to you. I know it's happened to other people besides me. I'm trotting alone on my horse. I've got my cell phone in my tight pocket on the side of my leg. And all of a sudden it starts, you know, making noise, like, because it's calling somebody all by itself I mean I couldn't do this if I was pulling the phone out and doing it on purpose you know while I'm trotting so it's done some random stuff where it's texted people emojis just whatever or or it's called people in fact one time like a month or two ago it actually called Glenn on messenger oh my god so I I hear it I'm going along and I hear the phone you know doing that sound when the messenger thing's calling you know and i'm like oh no so now i'm trying to pull it out and stop it the only way i could stop it was to turn the phone off
1: wow it did have a mind of its own didn't it
3: it's oh, crazy and, I, and i've had friends that have done that to me uh, where their phones have you know done that we call it a, i guess you used to call it a butt dial it's like a, a now it's a thigh dial. now it's a thigh dial a thigh dial. So, um, I, I went in, I researched it and I found there are apps that, um, I got one called pocket lock and there, you know, you can just do a search for that and see that there's several to choose from. Mm -hmm. And when you install it on your phone, it'll make it so that, um, it will lock it so that when you put it in your pocket, it will not just start randomly calling or texting people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I just turn all the programs off on mine because
1: I I hate my phone, so I just turn it all off. But I know. if you're using if you're using the GPS to to record your ride, you can't put it on airplane mode, and you can't turn
3: everything off. So that makes sense to be able to well, add that. And, that and where I get into trouble is I am pulling my phone in and out to take photos sometimes. Oh, you're one of those people. I'm one of those people. <laughs> yeah,
1: invariably as soon uh-huh. as I take my phone out to try and take a picture of something is when my four-legged friend decides that he needs to be gushy. He's like, oh, I can't stand still. Oh my gosh, I need to throw my head. Oh, I need to get close to that tree. Uh-huh. Every time.
3: <laughs> yeah. They know the second you're distracted, don't they? That's right.
1: Yeah. And I'm all the time trying to text back pictures to Glenn whenever we have trailer loading practice or doing something interesting that it's uh-huh. going to be a little bit of a challenge. I When we get it done, I try to text a a picture to Glenn at home, who's invariably got his nose in the computer working. And 100% of the time, that's when he has to come over and stick his nose in my face or get distracted <laughs> by a turkey that's landing on the hood of my pickup truck and go see what it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the picture comes out. I have a, a fuzzy picture of one nostril that I'll send back to him. <laughs>
3: I've got a few like that myself. (laughs) He's not a good selfie pony at all.
1: Oh my gosh, that's funny. So we have reflective tape and the pocket lock. Now, one of the things I struggle with with my cell phone, maybe you have a a solution to this, because I know in the summertime, it gets plenty toasty out where you are. Mm -hmm. My cell phone gets damp because, hello, Florida, sweat.
3: Okay. Any thoughts there? You know... I'm in a drier climate. <laughs> I don't like humidity very much, actually. So, um, you know, when I did ride where it was more humid on some of the rides, um, I just used one of those, um, either like a you could use a baggie, um, but then you got to worry about the condensation inside if, you know, if it's humid enough. And then the heat and everything, um, you know, they've got those um, otter cases and stuff. Have you tried anything like that? I've not put an otter case on it because it
1: barely fits in my breeches right. pocket anyway. That's uh-huh. the reason I haven't put any different kind of a different case on it. Yeah. Somebody out there knows yeah. a, a trick. I've tried putting, I d- I would put a, just a folded paper towel in my pocket mm-hmm. between B and B. My my skin in the phone, and then put the phone in, and that seems to help a lot. Because I I'll pull it out while I'm out riding, and the and the screen is all wet, and I think that's probably not really great for the phone. It hasn't killed it yet. Maybe I'm oh, just worrying too much. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Well, wow. well, how about that? Well, I think speaking of cool things that you haven't learned about before for horses, we're going to get a hold of Kristen at the Distance Depot and find out what's going
3: on over there. Hey, good morning, Kristen. It's Karen and Jennifer. How are you today? Just fine, and how are you? Great. So I understand you're having some holiday flash sales. (laughs) We are, yes. So um, hopefully your listeners
4: are signed up. Um, If you aren't signed up for our email blasts or don't follow us, you, you should follow us on Facebook, um, and or you can um, send us a quick email and ask to be added to the email list because we are having some great sales, year-end sales with prices like never before. So you don't want to miss out on those. And that is um, along with our Tuesday email that comes out each week that your listeners are probably pretty familiar with. But we are having some great sales um, for the end of the year, um, lots of clearance things. And um, Good sizes still left in stock and all kinds of good things left.
3: Good. So right now it's winter, at least for a lot of the United (laughs) States. So tell us about Uh what you have for winter wear. Well, we have some really nice um, winter jackets by Carrots. We have the heads up quilted jacket, which is super cute with horses.
1: And it looks like Kristen over at the Distance Depot has... Run, run out of Christmas magic, her cell phone died. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Kristen. she she is um, flat out dealing with all the Christmas orders going on. So we're gonna wrap things up for her. When you order from Distance Depot, they have great shipping, they have great customer service. She has right on the weekly email blast, when is the last day to order? to get things shipped and what type of shipping you need to have. For example, if you want things shipped UPS ground, you have to have it ordered by December 19th. If you want things next day air by UPS, you can wait till the 22nd if you're a real procrastinator. And you don't have to be an endurance rider to get great cool stuff. For example, the Synergy riding tights, which I have a pair of, they have a great cell phone pocket right at the top. And they're super lightweight, or you can get the winter weight ones. They are on sale by using code Synergy. So head on over to the Distance Depot. You need the the the, the at the beginning. Do a little shopping and sign up for the weekly email blast because she always has something cool going on.
3: And if you can't decide, like you want to get a gift for somebody, they also do gift certificates.
1: And who doesn't love that? It's my favorite. I gift know. Of all time. <laughs> Well, there you go. And I'm going to go order myself a new seat saver because mine's
3: worn out. I know. I got new ones this year from the Distance Depot and I love them.
1: (laughs) They're excellent quality and very reasonable price. They make them right Mm -hmm. there in-house. So if you're looking for a seat saver that's going to last you a long time, they have all different ones for stirrup leathers, for different types of saddles. It's a great place to go.
3: And our first guest this morning is Carrie Lowry from Texas. She is currently in first place for National Mileage for 2022. And she's also the ride manager for Tracing in the New Year, which is on December 30th and 31st, 2022. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. Well, tell us about your ride season and congratulations
0: oh well thank you very much and it was a doozy of a ride season i mean i knew when i started it what i wanted to do but uh, anytime you try to do something that you want you know things are going to pop up so and you know, we started off our first ride of the year and um we got our it was our decade uh team year okay. so we got our decade and everything started off smoothly and then went downhill from there uh we had all kinds of issues with um Rides being canceled, rain. I went to Florida to try to do a pioneer down there, and they had unseasonably high temperatures in the 90s, uh, Christmas, I mean, uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, and they were, yeah. And then, of course, we had uh, rides rained out. And then in April, my mom passed away. Um, So, you know, just things were like bam, bam, bam. I'm like, well, maybe Hmm. this is not the year. And then then things started improving. You know, we got several pioneers uh, where we got to go to Colorado and New Mexico, and everything was looking good until september the 5th when cody decided somehow to try to chop half his foot off um i walked out and there was this big huge hole in the back of his foot where i guess he try- got it stuck somehow in wire we don't have barbed wire we just have the you know the regular field fencing but he obviously tried to get it stuck somehow so i went out i was like oh man our season it's over it's just done you know it was september 5th we have less than three months there's no way this is going to heal so I took him to the vet the next day, and the vet's like, you know what? It's not as bad as it looks. He cut off some scar tissue. He said, you know, I think you're going to be riding four to six weeks. And normally you go to the vet, you're like, um, you know, you're expecting the vet to say a super long time. I did not expect you to hear that. Uh-huh. And I was, bit, I was a bit skeptical, but I was like, okay. Uh, so he sent us home, put him on some DMSO for uh, three weeks, put him on antibiotics. And uh, had us come back every two weeks. And four weeks later, I mean, and Cody was sound. That was the weird part. After three days, he was sound. He wasn't lifting at all. Um, Even trotting, he was sound. Um, Came back four weeks later, and uh, after two two checkups, and the vet said, okay, you're you're cleared to ride. I was like, what? <laughs> well, that's great. So, yeah, I gave him another two weeks, and then we started back, which at that point we were back behind because, you know, my plan was to just have a 200-mile lead come in the, the season, but that didn't work. So we were then about 150 miles behind the leader at that point. Um, so I didn't know if we could catch him or not. And he he got really tender on it, so I couldn't do back-to-back 50s like we normally did. So we had to go to one ride, ride a 50, go to another ride, ride a 50, which meant a lot of traveling. But um, when we went to Oklahoma, the last ride of the season finale, um, I knew that we were potentially just riding for a um a, an extra ride just to make sure I did get it. And I, I believe that's what happened. I think we won by 55 miles, I believe.
3: Oh, good. Congratulations. So tell us about your horse, Cody.
0: Uh, well, he is a half uh, Arab, half Appaloosa, but he's mostly Appaloosa in his attitude. Um, <laughs> he's uh, he's uh, 14 years old. Um, he's Polish Arab on his Arab side, and on his Appaloosa side, he's cutting horse stock. So when he spooks, uh, good luck staying out. <laughs> um <laughs> He, let's see, he's, what else can I tell you about him? Um, I bought him as a two-year-old. Uh, he'd never been ridden um, at all, which is what I wanted. I wanted something that had not been been ridden until he was four years old. Didn't ride him until he was four because I wanted to make sure all his bones were, you know, properly healed. And we only did 25, of course, this first year. I think we did 100, 125 miles, I think, that first year. But I started riding him March the 10th of 2012. We did our first 25, May the 30th of 2012. So he's done nothing, but all he knows is endurance. That's his life. And he loves it. He's good at it.
3: And how many miles does he have?
0: Uh, We're uh, approaching 7,000 now. I think we're at uh, 6,780 right now, I believe. Oh, good job. uh, Good job. Yeah, we're pretty close to 7,000.
3: He sounds like he's a tough one for sure.
0: He is. But I got to be careful with that, though, because he is so tough, he will keep competing even though he's hurt. So... I gotta be real careful with that; that I don't push him too hard, um, you know, and make whatever is mm-hmm. wrong worse. He has calcium and magnesium issues too, so we have to balance that pretty well. Um, starting three or four days for a ride, three or four days after, I've got special mixes that I have to give him, um, or he cramps up on me. So that's what cost cost us Tevis in twenty twenty two was he, um, uh, excuse me, twenty twenty one, because he cramped up on us at, at um, Chicken Hawk.
3: Oh. So, um, how does he handle traveling?
0: Oh, he's an awesome traveler. He will eat and drink on the trailer. Um, he'll get off the trailer and eat and drink. Um, he has no problems whatsoever. Food uh, on the trailer is not a problem. And, um, you know, stop and give him water. He drinks from the uh, drinks. Uh, so, he's an excellent traveler. He, if I leave the trailer uh, open at home, he'll load himself up too. So, he, he likes going.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, which ride was your favorite this year?
0: Oh, wow. Um, well, there were several that uh, we got completely soaked in, especially the last part of the year where I was going, how much do I really want to ride for this championship? Because we're, you know, 40 degrees and sopping wet. So it definitely wasn't one of those. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Fort, Fort Stanton was pretty cool out in New Mexico. We do it every year, but it's still pretty cool. Um, I liked La Vida. Um, La Vida was really awesome. Um, my second or third year there, loved it too. Um, I don't know which one. Probably have to go with with Levita this year, I think, because it had pretty good uh, weather and it was it was an excellent ride. Uh-huh.
3: So. And that one's in Colorado. Yes, ma'am. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, let's move on to talking about your ride that's coming up at the end of the year.
0: Yes, ma'am. What can I tell you about it?
3: <laughs> well, let's see. It's called Tracing in the New Year. So, tell us about the distances and and what the trails like and um, all of your okay. offerings. I see. Th- uh, equathon and a riding tire also included
0: uh yes ma'am um and okay so we're going to be doing the basics uh we have 50 miles and 30 miles on that friday and then we'll have a, a 50 and a 25 mile on that saturday and the trails are um very sandy but they're also very uh fun because they they wind in and out of the trees uh, we have lots of knee knockers um we have uh, quite a bit of heels you look at trace and people that arrive there think oh it's flat it's um, you know, it's not very difficult, and we can fly through it. There's only been one horse that has ever done a pioneer at Trace, and that was Carrie Redente's uh, stallion, her awesome stallion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they look at that the ride, and they think, oh, this is an easy ride, but it's not. Um, on a level of 1 to 10, you know, if 10 was really hard, I'd say Trace is probably a 7, um, simply because of all the winding, um, you know, uh, in and out, the ups and downs, the sand. Uh, and sometimes we have to deal with the humidity as well, being at uh, East Texas. So, um, But, yeah, it's a fun trail. Uh, before I started managing it, it was my favorite ride to, to ride. It's Cody's favorite ride. He loves things that wind and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And he's before like before I started managing it, uh, it was the only ride we'd ever won at that point. Um, but, uh, anyway, it's a really cool ride. Um, lots of parking. Um, and usually in December, um, beginning of January, it's kind of a bit of a crapshoot for the weather. Um, The last two times we've had it, weather's been pretty decent. Um, but it can be anything from freezing, you know, t- in the 20s, uh, all the way up to the nice 70s, you know, high 70s with humidity. So you never know.
3: Okay, and so what are the distances going to be for the ride in Thai and for the equathon?
0: Well, I haven't had anybody enter yet. so But we will make it whatever distance they want to, honestly. Um, okay. We're offering, of course, that, we offer basically the 21-mile. Um, which that gets them their full points for the and the, um, time. We usually offer that one, and I usually offer a short one, either our 7-mile or our 10-mile loop. Um, but like I said, I don't have any entries at the moment, so I can easily adjust whatever mileage they might want to do. <laughs> oh, well, that's very accommodating. <laughs> yeah, if we have somebody that wants to do it, I'll try You know, I'll bend over backwards to try to help them. So.
3: Okay, and so this ride's located in East Texas. Whereabouts?
0: Uh, it's uh, near Athens. And um, uh, this may sound a bit odd, but I'm not actually from Texas. Um, I'm actually, I live in Louisiana, so I have okay. people that, okay. <laughs> yeah, I have people that help me with the, the ride and everything, um, but it's going to be, um, it's probably about an hour and 15 minutes from Dallas, kind of southeast uh, trajectory. Um, don't really know uh, other distances from Texas, because, like I said, I'm from Louisiana, so I can't really tell you how far okay. it's to Houston or anything like that, because I'm not coming from there.
3: But, uh, is, is there anything else about the ride? It, anything that makes it, um, you know, you mentioned that it was one of your favorites.
0: Mm-hmm. It's something because it's the windy. It, it's it's uh, a lot of people that come there. They they expect it to be flat and fast and friendly. And we've had people come up from up north from Colorado and everything. And they're like, that's a tough ride. But it's <laughs> fun. Uh, everybody oh, usually leaves there going, uh, we'll come back. Because it's just it's so fun. Your horse gets in those trees and just starts going, you know, it's, it's kind of like a slalom or going through the, the tree, just going, it's fun. I don't know other, any other way to, <laughs> to describe it. But it's fun. And most people when they r- Most people when they lot. ride Trace, yeah, <laughs> they, they, they come back. Uh, we, we have lots of repeat customers.
3: Oh, good, good. Well, I want to say congratulations again on your successful you. ride season and for making Decade Team this year as well. Thank you. Uh, that's really cool. And I see your ride has a Facebook page.
0: Yes, ma'am, we do. Um, I don't know the exact uh, address at the moment because, like I said, I'm driving, but um, you're more than welcome to to, uh, Google us, and it it should pop up.
3: Right, right. Just search for tracing in the new year, and it should should pop up. Cool. Well, we'll let you get back to your driving and your trip, and uh, thanks again for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
2: Willow is sassy full of attitude, um, but deep down she's just a big softie. In the yard I'm in, it's not just me, we're all texting into the group, what rug are you putting on today? Once you have the Rambo Autumn series of such a great reassurance for horse owners knowing that they can leave their horse in the morning and that they are going to be happy and comfortable throughout the day.
3: And our next guest is Cecilia Smith. Cecilia is the current owner of Tulip. And Tulip is AARC's highest mileage horse. He's in the Hall of Fame and has over 22,000 miles. He's 35 years old now. And we're going to talk to Cecilia about all of Tulip's different careers that he has had. (laughs) So welcome, Cecilia. Thank you for joining us this morning. Oh, thank you. So, give us a little bit of a rundown on how you came to be Tulip's newest owner. Oh, well, Les Carr was my stepdad. Um,
4: so, um, when he was hurt, we were talking about Tulip. And um, so, he, I'd been riding him since he'd been retired. I was using him for historical reenactments and wagon trains. And... Um, so he has to and how old
3: how old was tulip when he was first retired?
4: um, I was trying to remember that last night. I think he retired him in uh, two thousand and twelve okay he could be off by a year or two
3: uh-huh
4: um and I think he was just doing uh fifty milers here and there um and uh Gosh, you know, his age, and it's happened to him several times in his later careers. You know, we keep thinking, this horse is just too old. He's got to, re- we've got to retire. And then he gets, like, depressed. He doesn't like retirement. Put him back in something different, and he fluffs back up and gets all happy again. Um, Aww. Yeah. Yeah, so... um He was doing wagon trains, and these wagon trains are 70 to 100 miles, but we do, you know, it's all at a walk, and it's 15 to 20 miles a day, Um, and he did that for a while, and on one wagon train, he was acting a little stressed, and um, he was well into um, his uh, lower 30s by then, and uh, I thought, gosh, you know, too much for an old guy. Um, so I retired him again, um, and he was sitting around watching me do stuff. I was training horses at the time and, you know, he had that, uh, forlorn look about him. Um, and I was, uh, starting a lot of colts at the time. So I started to take him out with the colts and pony the colts that were, you know, young and upset or, um. Uh, uh, really nervous and he just calmed them right down. So he started doing that regular and, um, and he was happy with that. And I did some beginner lessons on him. I can't count how many, um, kids have had their first ride on Tulip and, um, you know, it's just, it's always such a blessing to introduce a child to the world of horses. And, um, and, uh, so when I quit training, um, you know, he didn't have anything to do again. And he was sitting there and I was driving my other horses in in wagons and he'd watch them come and go. And again, he got real depressed. In fact, he started losing weight and I thought, and this was just, uh, you know, last summer and I thought, gosh, you know, this poor guy, I'm not sure if he's going to do another winter. And I um, got this wonderful job at ROP uh, doing a horse program um, for at-risk youth. And I didn't have any horses yet, so I brought him in and figured the girls could groom him and, you know, learn about the basics of horses. And um, immediately, he he just lit up. He started putting on weight again, and I put him in the riding program, and so that's what he's doing now, and he's just hes just amazing. He's amazing with these girls. I can't tell you the miracles that I've seen uh, through him and these girls, building their confidence and helping them with their issues. And um, one thing that's so special about him and these girls is he still is... Um, Very raring to go. He he gets jiggy. He gets excited. He you know the girls bump a foot into him accidentally, and he's like, "Yay, we get to go to Utah now!" (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um,
4: So they have to learn to be very soft and um, to ride with quiet hands and legs, and um, learn to breathe easy. Um, And a lot of these kids have dealt with some really major trauma. And just those breathing techniques that I teach them to use while they're riding Tulip to keep him calm and keep him at a steady walk or an easy jog. Um, those are just great coping skills that these girls are learning. And they use it when, um, you know, those traumatic memories come back up. It's it's just it's so amazing. I can't <laughs> explain it.
3: Now has tulip stopped
4: bucking people off? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, <laughs> I do keep him in the arena for that exact reason. <laughs> I'm afraid to take these kids out on the trail. He might get excited and crow hop, and uh, that'd be the end of it. Um, so yes, I'm. I've always got my eye on him for that exact reason. The last time he bucked a student off was. Uh, Early last spring, <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: yes. Yeah, so that's still there. <laughs> <laughs> I I had seen Tulip Buck less off a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I know uh, the, the one story. I was riding along at a ride in a group, and I look over next to me, and there's Tulip, and he's trotting along all by himself.
4: <laughs> there yeah. was
3: no rider out of and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, another writer grabbed Tulip and ponied him back to where Les was and, and Les was there and he says I saw little birdies <laughs> and <laughs> I guess, I guess <laughs> Tulip didn't like that Les was hanging back from the group. He wanted to be with the group and, and Les I think had other ideas and so Tulip decided nope I'm in charge. I'm going to keep up with the group with or without you. <laughs> yeah,
4: I guess uh the count of people that he's bucked off is probably about equal to the first rides that he's done. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot
3: anyways. Right. Oh dear. So, oh yes, dear. he's a character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know he he tried to do some little bucks with me that one time I rode him on a on a ride. No,
4: I, I don't doubt it. I don't he's doubt it. Pretty frisky critter. I used to like doing the parades with him because, you know, just squeeze him up a little bit and he'd do like little classical dressage movements. He'd Uh pee off and little, little lavats and
3: (laughs) the crowd loved it. He looks fabulous. He, he looks wonderful. He's got good weight on him and, um, yeah, he's got a good attitude. He, he looked like he was happy. I got to see him. Couple weeks ago, Jennifer at the um, center he's at, and he's well cared for and well loved. And you could tell he's uh, happy where he's at.
4: Yeah, he enjoys the pampering. That's for sure. Good. Um, He he deserves found. Yeah, the girls have found all his secret scratchy spots that he loves, and um, he's kind of referred to as a king around here, as he should be.
3: Uh huh. Um,
4: he likes his routine and, um, you know, there's some things that, um, <coughs> pardon me, that he he just thinks are dumb, that he won't do, like the hula hoop exercise. He thinks that's dumb.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, what is the hula hoop exercise?
4: <laughs> um, So it's a groundwork exercise to put okay. a hula hoop down in the middle of the arena. And, um, the girls have to either move the forehand or the haunches around the hula hoop with either wow. their front feet or their back feet in the hula hoop. Okay. Um, and Tulip will do this exercise without a hula hoop just fine. But with a hula hoop, he's like, no, that's
3: dumb. You need to move the hula hoop. I can
4: do this without yeah. a hula hoop. Well,
3: I guess when you're 35, you develop an opinion on things. <laughs> Yes, he definitely has his opinion on things. (laughs) Aw. Okay, so tell us about your Calneva Driving Club. Oh, Calneva, um,
4: it's just a group of people who like driving horses, um, and we do lots of different things. Um, We've done parades. We've done lots of trail ride drives, um, and uh, we have people of all different disciplines. Um, we have riders and drivers and people who just like horses and they mm-hmm. hop in a wagon. Um, we do some clinics on driving and, uh, teaching some driving skills. Uh, we do some play days with the carts, um, obstacles and, um, uh, lots of, we do lots of, uh, ride drives all over Northern California and Nevada. We try to hold an event once a month. Um, in January here, we're going to have our annual membership meeting in Tahoe, which is a nice place to kind of meet
3: uh-huh. um,
4: right on the state line and uh, get together and and uh, talk about plans for the following year. And we're a new club. This is our first year. And we've grown to about 140 members, which is pretty good size, I think. Mm-hmm. It's kind of more than what we were expecting. For a driving club, that's huge.
1: <coughs> I'm sorry, what was that? For a driving club, a carriage club, that's a big membership. That's great.
4: Yeah. It, yeah, like I said, it was more than what we expected. Um And, uh, you know, we have a lot of fun. There's a lot of driving clubs that are more particular for this or that driving discipline. Um, and I think that's what's attracted people is that, um, you know, it's just, it's fun and it's relaxed and it's, um, professional, but not overbearing
0: in
3: any, in any way. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I see you have a Facebook page. Is that the best way for people to find out more about it? Yes, yes. In fact, we did just, um, we have a
4: website that's under construction. Um, I, in fact, uh, it, it'll be a while before I find someone c- that can help me with that because my skills are with horses and not computers. <laughs> <laughs> but the website is up. It's com.
3: Okay, good. Well, I want you to give um, <laughs> Tulip a nice big hug from me. Oh, I sure will. <laughs> I know. I was really? so glad I got to see him and that he's doing so well. He is.
4: He's a star. He's a hero.
3: He really is. No. Gosh, well, well, thanks for joining us this morning and telling us about Tulip. And uh,
4: oh.
3: I know. Yeah, it's
4: an honor. He's He's. Such a good boy and um I'm so blessed by him. He's just such a privilege that he's in my life and in the life of these girls especially.
3: Sounds like it. Yeah. Well it's wonderful and thank you for all you do. Oh, thank you. Thank you too. Thanks a bunch. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye.
1: Bye. Well, that was a lot of fun. What a good, what a good, cool cool horse. And and it's so neat that he's finding new careers and, and still maintains his, his spicy attitude.
3: (laughs) I know he doesn't like being retired.
1: (laughs) I think that's great. He's not, he's not going to sit around on the porch and uh, sip tea. He's going to go out and play golf every day. Right. Right. Pretty cool. Well, we're, we're pressed for time. We're going to zip right in and get a hold of Max.
3: And our next guest this morning is Max. Merlick from the Northwest region. He's an endurance rider and also the ride manager for the new, or I'm not sure if it's a new ride. Um, he can tell us all about it, but it's the Marian Anna Memorial Ride that takes place in May and it's going to be the 2024 AARC National Championship Ride as well. So welcome, Max.
2: Thank you. So tell us about your ride. Well, um... It isn't really a new ride. It's been down there on that venue for quite a while. Okay. Um, okay. It's d- just a d- L- new name. Right. Uh, okay. Dennis and Linda, Tri- Linda Tribby own the property. And, uh, of course, Dennis passed away, but Linda owns it. And they've had various names and multi-days down there. And for the past five years or so, uh, we've been we've took over the venue and been holding rides there. Um, and we changed the name to uh, the Mary and Anna Memorial because, uh, Mary Nunn and Anna Sampson were just icons up here in the Northwest putting on rides and they both passed away very close to each other. So, uh, that's the background on the ride. Um, it's 27 miles uh, out of La Pine on highway 31 towards Reno and near Fort Rock. It's right where uh, the pine timber kind of turns into desert. So we not only have desert trails, we have beautiful pine forest trails. And uh, we've narrowed it down this year to a two-day on Memorial Day. Uh, We'll have uh, on Saturday of the Memorial Day weekend, we'll have uh, the trail ride the 25 the 50 the 75 and the 100 on uh, saturday and then on sunday we'll have uh the 25 and the 50. um and as karen said uh we were going to do the national championship in 2023 um robert ribley and uh, uh uh, Hal and Ann Hall came up and rode, and they thought that was just a fantastic venue for it and kind of talked us into it. We're going to have it this coming year, and then there's some snafu uh, where it really needs to be you know, on the East Coast next year. So we agreed to do it in 2024, and we'll probably have it in August uh, when people actually you know, have time to get their horses in shape and, and get ready.
3: hmm and I see you have uh, juniors and young riders ride for free.
2: Yes, we made the uh Anna Memorial Fund uh, where, you know, when we make money on this ride, we donate a good chunk of it to this uh, to this fund. And then uh, all all rides in the northwest uh, can access those funds for juniors to uh, to ride free.
3: Oh, that's nice. So tell us what's the camp like?
2: Um, it's on 160 acres of, uh, of property surrounded by federal land, uh, BLM on one side and, uh, Deschutes National Forest on the other. And, uh, it's kind of a mixture of desert and trees. Uh, the camp has a tremendous amount of water spigots around. Um, we don't, we're, since we're not on forest service land, we don't have to mess with weed-free hay, scatter your hay. Uh, Lots of room. Uh, we've had uh, upwards of 150 rigs in there with no problem. Um, not too far off the road, maybe a mile or so off the pavement. And uh, really a nice camp. Uh, uh, in the spring, of course, in that country, uh, it can be, you know, hot or it could be cold. Uh, in August, when we have the NC, we expect it to be warm. But, uh, plenty of water in camp um we have an office there and uh we have a a big campfire uh that we we we're able to 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 burn almost all the time uh, because it's in a safe place so we all kind of gather around the campfire it's a very nice camp
3: sounds like a perfect menu
2: yeah we we've managed a number of rides up here we Managed a Sun River ride for a while. We managed a, the Trout Lake or Mount Adams ride. And then we managed a Grizzly Mountain for many years. And we've kind of passed those off or they've kind of gone away. But this is the one we kept because it was the nicest one.
3: Okay. Tell us what are the, um, like the trail footing. What's that like?
2: The footing is fantastic. Um, it, the only place you're going to see rock out there is uh, once in a while we cross a, a gravel road or, or go down a gravel road a little bit. Uh, but mostly is a uh, two-track pumice stone uh, footing uh, or single track. And it's it's just fantastic footing. The only place you see rock in that country is up when you cross a little ridge, there'll be a little bit of rock right on top, and then you drop back down. So uh, um, you could almost do the ride barefoot if, if you wanted to. Okay, uh, And then... Out in the desert, if we run a loop way out in the desert, once a while you get a little rock, like you always do in the desert. But as far as uh, footing goes, it's one of the best rides around.
3: Okay, and what's the um like, like the level of difficulty?
2: I think pretty pretty easy. Um, I I'd have to go back and look at the GPS, but I'd be surprised if there was over two thousand foot of climb in the hundred mile. Um, there are some hills. Uh, the way we set up the 100 last year, and I think we'll continue that way, is we do a 50-mile loop with an out check, and you climb up uh, to the top, and the, the out check is uh, near the, the highest point. And then you go back down, and then the ride gets progressively easier. Um, the second loop is a 25-mile loop with an out check and then we do a 15 and then we do a 10 which goes around a hole in the ground which is kind of a natural phenomenon out there uh, right near our camp it's actually a big tourist attraction
3: oh okay well i know that the your rides are always very well marked i've
2: heard <laughs> we do mark we do mark well with with ribbon and and then we of course, we marked the corners because the country out there, when you're on the flats out there, it's pretty easy to get confused in that type of country. Um, and then we always uh, published the GPS tracks uh, prior to the ride so people could download them and use them however they'd, however they'd please. Mm-hmm. If they got lost, you'd certainly be able to find your way back. Um, so, yeah, it's we haven't had too much trouble along those lines. We've been fortunate. We haven't had... Any sabotage out there oh, uh, we've had on some of the other rides. Uh it's kind of out there far enough. You don't get a lot of people out there.
3: Well, good. Well, thanks for telling us about your ride and thank you for also ride managing our ride and including a hundred
2: mile distance. Yes, we are pretty happy about that. It was kind of a big deal for us when Robert and Melissa and, and Hal and Ann and Dave Rabe and everybody, you know, said that. They really liked the ride and encouraged us to uh, to put on the 100, um, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, we've always had a pretty good turnout from NASTAR folks down there in Nevada, and uh, it's always good to see them, and it's really not that far from, from where you're at down there.
3: Oh, good. Okay. Well, I'm getting my new horse going, so I may make it up there.
2: I've been following that a little bit. It's kind of a tough act to follow for your horses, but.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know it's hard starting over.
2: Yeah, yeah. I got a new mule too. I'm going to start here pretty quick.
3: Yeah, we were just talking with Tulip's owner about him being in the therapy program, and I understand one of your retired mules is also doing that.
2: He is a junior. He's not the one I had on the XP. I had Reba on the XP. Okay. And a little walk, a little bit Tennessee Walker mule uh, that I don't have anymore. And Reba passed away last summer. Um, she was twenty four, but Junior's twenty six, and he's uh, all kids and vets around and and starting young kids and uh, oh, doing good. Uh, equine trail sports. He's just having a great life.
3: Oh, good. It's it's nice to see these retired, you know, endurance. Animals out there still doing
2: stuff, you know. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It don't seem like they ever last long enough, but some of them last a long time. I know. I know.
3: Well, thanks again for joining us. I appreciate it.
2: Well, you're welcome, Karen. I appreciate you having me.
3: I'm going to have to get up there to do that ride. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a blast. Sounds like a fun one. Ah. Uh-uh.
1: Yeah. Oh my! So when, when is your when is your next competition with your guys?
3: Um, I'm not really sure right now. Like this morning, it was 20 degrees and everything's covered in snow and ice. Well, um, no, no, uh, no conditioning today. <laughs> so no conditioning today. But you know, the he did that 24 miles a couple weeks back in about three hours and 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I'm, and you know, we're starting to canter a little bit here and there, um, but he's finally able to maintain a trot for extended periods and recover quickly. So, I mean, I really believe he's going to be ready for a 50. I just need to find one that isn't, um, you know, 500 miles away.
1: (laughs) Well, sure. And, and well, and the, the season is just now
3: restarting because the AERC, the show season starts on the 1st of December, right? It does. December 1st is the new ride season. So now is the time to renew your dues or to join for the new year.
1: There you go. You just go to AERC.org. And there's lots of information on there. If you're curious about how the rules work, how the rides work, they have a great green bean program for people who are new to it. Give it a go. It's a friendly group. And uh, if you have that travel bug, you, it's a really good excuse to take your you and your horse and your horse trailer and all of your gear all over the country because there's there are as as our guests mentioned there are there are rides everywhere it's all and, over yeah, yeah you can find them all over the place so that's kind of a cool thing maybe maybe when I retire that's what I'll do I'll just throw Nigel in a horse trailer and go to rides all over the place you know they the
3: horses learn to love to travel yeah I they, could I could they, win the, na- the really national do. snail award for the year <laughs> that's my goal you could or you could get Glenn and do an equathon together Mm, no, he's gonna no. cook. He's gonna stay at the trailer and cook and, and cook. Okay, and have well, amazing that's food. A, that's a good yeah. job.
1: Yes, back in the day when we would put on little horseshoe schooling shows for the Pony Club and stuff like that, just little local ones, he was he was the food at the horse show, and he was just in his element. He loved being the food stand. Cool. And everything was home cooked food too. There was none of this stuff from the store. He just thought it was blast. So that's him. So that's about a wrap-up for today. Uh, You can head on over to HorsesInTheMorning.com to get links to our guests and topics today. If you want to be a power listener of Horses in the Morning and all of the rest of the Horse Radio Network podcasts, and we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them go to your favorite podcatcher your pod, favorite podcast player type in the search bar horse radio network and you're going to come across the thing that's called the horse radio network all shows feed and then you can have literally all of them downloaded to your your phone every week you'll never miss an episode <laughs> so we're going to see you again the in the new year in the new year that's right so wow. we'll see you again soon
3: well merry christmas happy new year